welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me in the discussion today, of course, is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Um, well, I was pretty good until you started giving me the stats on what our COVID numbers <laughs> need to be over the next, yeah. until the 19th of October. Pretty gloomy? Well, we've basically got to be in the negatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minus cases. Oh, no, I'm good. Like I say, I'm choosing to laugh rather than cry. So I'm good. It's a good day. Sun is out outside. That's uh, that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, bad news, though, overnight. Uh, Paris Roubaix. We knew we knew there was a hanging by a thread, but Paris Roubaix has been officially cancelled for this year. And the uh, the email we received um, just titles it "See you in April," mm. which I think it's bit sad. Yeah. Well, look, I got a bit of a bone to pick with you because. <laughs> The, 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 the pulse that you had your finger on obviously was the wrong one. Uh, I, I was asked looking, you I this think, 24 hours ago. I said, yeah. come on, what's the intel from the French attaché? Clearly my intel wasn't uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it came out of the blue, didn't it? I yeah. mean, yes, we were getting concerned, but I, I was sort of believed it was going to happen because they were releasing information about the race well, the, up the, until a few days ago. There's you and me sitting in Melbourne saying this, but some of the teams were on reckon. Mitchelton Scott was reckoning the yes, ride yesterday. Yes. Just yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And you would have thought they were in the know or the, the World Tour teams were in the know. They obviously weren't. It's come as a shock to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's listen to uh, Grace Brown. She uh, sent us a little voice message about her reaction when she's learned about the uh, cancellation of Pyrube. Really disappointed. Um, it was going to be our first uh, go at it as a women's peloton. And yeah, we were all really excited to race it this year. For me personally, I was... I was looking forward to racing it this year. I've had some good results at the previous races. And yeah, the, I, after riding the course, I think that it's a race that will suit me. The cobbles are super hard um, and really wear you down each sector. And generally that type of racing um, is something that I tend to do. So that was Grace Brown. Uh, I think we all mixed feelings, surprise, not surprise, but mm. uh, it's a bit of a shame because, uh, uh, like we said, I mean, ASO sh would have, I would have thought ASO would have protected two races, the Tour de France and Paris-Roubaix, and it looks like it's impossible for them to put Paris-Roubaix up. Yeah, and, and just, just, I'll just echo what you said a couple of days ago, and I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, the men have had 117 editions, yeah. Yeah. and of course we want to see them race. But this was the first for the women. This was, going to be, and it was, it's the year 2020. It's so overdue and, and such an iconic race, and so they were so. All of the women, I'm sure, were super excited, and the field would have been, you know, would have been just such a battle and such a great race. 
for them. And yeah, they've got to wait six more months. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm really disappointed that we don't see the women race. I could have copped it. I could have copped the men not racing if we could have had the women. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, it, and it's, it's more uh, important. It's, I think, exactly, and I think, like, like I mentioned, yeah, it's the fact that the men, okay, they've had 117, they only been stopped twice for the two wars, so yeah. for 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 yeah. a period of time. Um, but this is kind of massive in the history of uh, of the sport because yes. this this is the race, like the Tour de France, that only the war stopped, yeah, and it's been stopped by COVID. Yes, and I urge you, if if you know a little bit about. Roubaix, you know that they race over Parvay, or you think you know quite a bit. Go and go and Google it, and get on. You'll see Wikipedia. There's some fantastic sort of paragraphs on the history of the race and, yeah, take, and how it has time. evolved. Take yeah. the time to read past the first paragraph yeah. and, and understanding why we are actually quite sad about this race yeah. because it's, it carries such a. Uh, uh, I was going to say a bad word, a monumental uh, aspect because it's a yeah. monument. But this is, there's a reason why a race is a monument, and there's a reason why Roubaix is the queen of the monuments. I didn't, I didn't fall in love as much. I, I fell in, sorry, I fell in love more with Roubaix as a reporter now for SBS. You know, as a so cyclist, it was never a, a dream for you to ride Roubaix. It it sort of was, but then what, I heard... What's that gift? Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair call. But uh, you know what? I did want to race it. It's like one of those ones you want to do Flanders because I lived in Flanders for quite a few years. And I thought, yeah, I want to do Roubaix. And this is a true story. And in 2000, Matt White, uh, who we, you know, we never raced on the same team as pros, but raced alongside each other. And he did Roubaix, I think, in 2000. And I saw him a week later at... I'm not sure what race it would have been one of the classics you know or a tour and um i saw him and, I, and he got in the breakaway that's right he got in the mm-hmm. early break of the day and was away for almost 200 kilometers so he actually had a great race i think got through the arenberg forest with the break you know the usual got caught and then played his role for the team and i said oh mate geez good job you know he made the break i said how was it i said must have been awesome and he said i never ever want to go and do that race again wow okay and i said <laughs> Really? And he said, mate, it's crazy. He said, it is absolutely the craziest thing. Now, Matt White, probably not a guy for the cobbles. You know, he wasn't that sort of, he was a, he was a grand tour guy, sits on the front, you know, super domestique on the flat roads for, for his leaders. So, um, and he was just a very solid bike rider, you know. He turned me off wanting to do Paris-Roubaix <laughs> there and then. Well, I wasn't enough. crazy enough for that sort of stuff. You know, I was crazy in different ways, but phew. And I, I've ridden, as you know, I've ridden the um, Challenge Ride, the Grand Fondo yes, that yeah, they yeah, had yeah, the yeah. day before. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. Because it's tough? Yeah, it's tough. It's crazy. And it's just so much fun. If there's two Grand Fondos, for, for, for all of the listeners, I'll say this right now to digress a little bit. You think you've done the Grand Fondos of the world. If you haven't done the Roubaix one or Flanders, you need to go do both when the world goes back to normal. Or Robbie's. They are or incredible. Or Robbie's. <laughs> are you on the take? Are you on the take as well? Yeah, I man. thought I was the only one. Jeez, that was good. That sort of worked well, that. It's actually coming up. It's this weekend, isn't it? I know. I know. It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, oh, he'll, he'll, you know what? You're going to get a gift in the mail. You know what it's going to be? I don't know. The a tub of cream. Yeah. <laughs> Cream. He's yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Rube is not happening and we are all sad about it. But uh, it's probably for the best, to be honest, because the yeah. problem was never, I think, with the riders. It's the fact that on a, such a race, it's 
impossible to control the crowds. Yeah. And we know how vibrant and over the top the crowds are at the Tour de France. Well, they are pretty much the same, even worse at Paroubay. As a, as a Frenchman, and this is a serious question, and I don't think I asked you this directly during the race, during the tour, were you... Were you okay with the crowds on the tour? I honestly was. Yeah, I honestly was because uh, you know we we see uh, and thank you for giving me a soapbox to say this. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we see what we saw in France. We saw it from our Australian perspective. Okay, and what I want to say is that the the numbers, the data, the approach, uh, the cases, everything is just not the same. So we can't be here and judge what's happening in France or in Belgium or any other countries from our Australian eyes because we are, you know, in our own little bubble here. But what I want to say is I was not surprised and I thought the crowds were relatively, you know, behaving. Yes. I don't think they created any more cases. I don't, I don't think there was any cluster reported around the Tour de France or around the no, riders no, or anything like this. No, we haven't heard it. Do and you know 90% what I mean? had masks on. Exactly. I think that's a, and I think that's actually that's a conservative. You know, yeah. I think so. Not, I, yeah. It's a side of the race uh, that I I didn't like because it's not as open as it was, but it was what we had to do. Yeah. Uh, to go through to have this, but judging it from our own eyes here, it's a bit of a. Uh, I think it's a, it's a bit. Oh, a we're bit pretty, shortcut. We, I reckon Australians are pretty. Oh, it could cause controversy here. Yeah. I'm an Aussie. I'm allowed to. We're pretty righteous. You know, in our opinions. But I'm um, a bit more concerned about the crowds in Italy. <laughs> Not the you, crowds, crowds. You said to me a couple of days ago, and I did not think about it until you'd said it, and it will, I think it might have been, it was actually quite a few days ago now, when Anu Damar won his first road stage, I think. Yes. There, there, was, was, there was about people like everywhere. 70 people around him, and journalists and everything. after the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. So and like in, in the Tour de France, actually, to, we to get this. We did see that. We didn't see this. You, you, yeah. you saw the riders arriving, and then they were taken care by their husher in the team and so on. But you didn't see the journalists jumping on them. You didn't no. see, you know, God knows what other people were there on There was that a little bit line. more of that overnight. We'll get to that stage now. Not as bad, yeah. but there was a bit more of that overnight. And I thought, yeah, they're yeah, not. Because like, when I saw those images, strict. honestly, I saw them are winning. Yeah, great, fantastic. Where is the COVID bubble? It looks quite normal, didn't <laughs> it? It looked it normal, looked normal yeah. of a year ago. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talking of which, uh, Demar won again. <laughs> you, you are you. You're having a great year. I mean, I thought it was all going to unravel for you after um, after old Philippe. mate. Yeah, old mate, put the arms up. <laughs> Not once, but twice. <laughs> no, but joke aside, France is having a great year. Yeah, exactly, uh, so and, far. and Demar. I mean, you know, with what's happened, and we talk about Roubaix, Demar is going to be the most successful rider of COVID. Do you think so? 2019, yeah. 2020, the season. In terms of victories? 13 victories? Yeah, he's under 13 now, isn't he? Yeah, he will be the most successful rider. I don't think I don't think anyone will catch him. Yeah, okay. Uh, because I think we've got limited days of racing left in Europe. I think that's you know, probably pretty apparent. Mm -hmm. um, so let, let's look back at the stage yesterday at the Giro. Um, crosswinds, super fast stage, like super hyper fast stage. Record-breaking, in fact. Okay. Record-breaking road stage at the Giro d'Italia, 51.2 kilometres per hour. You mentioned like two hours and... Yeah, it was 2.47 or yeah. something stupid. <laughs> like that's, that's a recovery ride. Yeah. Like in terms of time... I'll go to a little coffee shop ride, you know. Yeah. Instead, they did it at warp speed. But the stage was 140-ish something kilometres, 247. 
Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> crosswinds, crosswinds, crosswinds. This yeah. is what happened. And then the story of the of the stage, it was basically the, the main group splitting up and then coming back again and splitting yeah. up and, and the Ghent in the middle doing the joint. Yeah, and crashes as well. So Mitchell and Scott, they've been a they've casualty again. And they've they've been the sort of at the wrong end of the stick on this one. So Eduardo Fini, the Italian, he has fractured, I think, his third metacarpal and will require surgery. So he's out. Also a big fall. Yeah, big fall. Damien Housen will start, but he's he'll be monitored. He hit the deck pretty hard as well. Lucas Hamilton crashed, but he's okay. He crashed 45 kilometres to go, incidentally. Made it back to the front. At one point, he was in the last group on the road. So... For their misfortunes, they boxed on, and Hamilton actually made it back with 20 kilometres to go to the front group. Okay. So that's a pretty good effort. At one point early on, Fulsang, Yates, Pozzavivo, Paolo Bilbao, who I think is second overall still, Rafael Micah, were all caught out and in the back group. But the one guy that didn't... Nibali. Nibali. Almeida, though. Almeida, yeah, Almeida, right, yeah, yeah. 22 years of age. He had the wolf pack around him. They were the ones causing the splits early on. And he now has broken and created a little bit of history. The fifth day in the Magliarosa, he's the first, he's, sorry, he's the youngest rider in 41 years to collect five Magliarosas. That's Jean good. Yeah. So this is massive. What's the impact of the, you mentioned the Wolfpack on this? Because Dukinic knows how to ride and they know how to ride very well. We saw it with Bennett. We they saw did it with Adafilip. Well to last year. Yeah. Do you remember the stage? I was obviously over there with Matty Koenig commentating and it was this bonkers stage similar to this and they split it at the start mm-hmm. and kept going all the way to the line and it was Phil Gilbert that won the stage. I so they know they know how to ride yeah. aggressively and to win those stages. They, I mean, they're, they're not the wolf pack for, they for are the team. anything. You know? as, as a team unit, there's no other team that I think rides so well as a unit. So how far can they bring Almeida with that pink jersey? I think, uh, well, look, without having looking too far ahead, but I think the first serious mountain stage, probably mountaintop finish, um, is where he... he uh, will probably lose time. So where you see guys like um, Nibali, Pozzavivo, Steven Kruzvike seriously going on the attack, Rafael Mica, all those sort of guys, I think that's where he'll probably lose it. Yeah, but okay. who knows? He's going to grow in in confidence. He is. He's becoming more... He's saying it. He's more relaxed in the jersey each day. Well, he's, he's basically already had a great tour. Yeah, yeah. It's done. Like oh, it's, it's he, he could anything, almost anything can happen tomorrow. Mm. Mm. It would be a positive he'll, outcome for him. All things considered, he, I think he'll get to the rest day. I think, barring a mishap or a bad day, he should make it to the rest day. So that's you know stage ten. That's yeah. a pretty good effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sagan again. Uh, that wasn't a day for him. He's uh, not meant to win, is he? No, in twenty twenty, uh, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this time, he actually just wasn't good enough. The other ones he wasn't either, but I thought there was a bit of tactical play. Overnight, DeMar was just too quick. He he got to his rear wheel. That was it. And DeMar, rewatch it. Rewatch the, what was it, a couple of days ago, the hooking. Rewatch this one. DeMar just did it perfectly. He just slowly moved to the right side of the road, if you're going from his angle. And not that Sagan was ever going to get past him, but it was just that enough to sort of shut the door. It was perfect. I thought he, Demar, it was his best sprint yet. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah. 
and Matthew's third. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, ten lengths behind. Social distance. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, anything else happened on that stage yesterday? Uh, yeah, we talked about uh, not the, really. Plenty of crashes. Plenty of this. I think there's still going to be, you know, at the time of this recording, there's going to be some more fallout, and there may be one or two riders that don't start. I th- think. There's been an issue with the barriers again. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Well done, Jos van Emden from Jumbo Visma. And to paraphrase what he said, you know, again banners which narrows the road. So they've the, the it's the, ba- the the barriers that have narrowed the road. The road shouldn't have been narrowed, causing danger. And he's tagged UCI and CPA. Uh, we we don't talk about this to be controversial. We talk about it because the writers are saying it yeah, firsthand, yeah. just to let everyone know. So the writers are saying it. We are obligated, I believe, and I will again. But they're seeing it on the road every day at the minute. They are seeing it every day. Come on. This is crazy. Do, do you think it's always been like this and then maybe they're voicing it a bit more because there's a bit of a wave of people complaining about it? Yeah, I think so. And and look, 10 years ago, maybe 10 years ago we did have, but but maybe longer, certainly longer, You know, there wasn't social media. It is instant now. It's out there. And the riders don't need to look for a reporter. A reporter doesn't even need to look for a rider. I mean, yeah. we're covering the, we're covering the Giro and World Cycling from Australia this year, so we are getting our finger on the pulse super fast. So, yeah, and look, there's there's the hindsight of or or you know, it's like typing the nasty email to your boss, clicking and wait, send, yeah. and then the next morning going, oh my god, what have I done? You know. Rather than sitting on that email the next morning, looking at the email saying, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't be so critical," the writers, in some cases, are just bang, putting it out there. But they're the writers; we're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the ones in the peloton. Mm-hmm. They're the ones taking the big risks. So, but surely it was already like this, or even worse, when you were writing. Yeah, you you it, must have seen no, stuff totally, at the Giro totally. that was like. But I mean, the rules were you know more was acceptable. I, you know, I remember. I remember, and this was when there was no riders' union. This is actually quite funny when you think about it. In a, in a smaller Italian race, and it was freezing cold earlier in the year, and it was snowing on the mountain, and there was ice and sleet down on the lower valleys, and the peloton stopped through a tunnel and refused to go out the other side of the tunnel because it was so cold, and we wouldn't move. This is during the stage. We've stopped in the tunnel. The okay. race director's in the car. <laughs> And, you know, a few of the mafia Italian head honchos have gone to the front to the race car and said, we won't, we're not racing until you come up with a solution. So then what they did, they finished us one kilometre up the mountain instead of 15 kilometres to the top. And that was how we got things done back then. You know, now I actually still believe that needs to happen. I believe there needs to be a, not even a go slow, I mean a full stop, we will not start until you fix this. Okay. Yeah, crazy, I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but they're not listening, are they? They're yeah. not listening. Mm-hmm. So oh, look at look at me. I've gone down the path again. <laughs> you warned me. You said, don't be, don't go down that path again. I just, I've done it. Stop complaining. <laughs> yes. You're whinging. <laughs> anyway, so it's now time to look at uh, what is the stage like tonight. Um, what do you reckon? Well, it's another it's another one of those ones, 50 cents either side. They go from Giovinazzo to Vieste. 
It's a, I think it's a 201 kilometre stage. After approximately 100 kilometres, there's a climb. Category 2, 9.6 k's at 6.2%. So halfway through the stage, give or take. It's not entirely flat after that, but it is completely flat to that climb. So I really don't know whether we're going to see a break. I would imagine... This is Group Armour. This is perfect for them. I was going to. I was going to say this because they won't even bother to chase. They yeah. don't need to. But they might. I don't think so though. They chase at the end. So what I'll say is they won't set tempo from the beginning because they just don't need to. Yeah, exactly. He's got three happy days. Yeah, and then and then the climb in between. He needs to get over this. Yeah, um, you might then- see Sagan. You know, maybe he'll keep so trying. Is it one for Sagan Matthews? Ulisi again, these guys? Yeah, possibly. It's, 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 and, and there's every chance a break could survive, I think. And it's almost at that snapping point that the break will survive. You know, we're, we're more than a week now into the race. It's been a tough mm-hmm. race. Yesterday's stage with the absolute chaos and carnage of crosswinds and super speeds, this could be the day that the break actually survives. So, you know, talking about our, our 18 Australians that started. This could be a big chance. We saw J- Jimmy Whelan, yeah. the Melbourne boy, two days ago. This could be a big opportunity for one of the Aussies to get up the road. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. um, because, again, we are heading towards the um, we are heading towards the, the rest day. Um, so th- there is there is still plenty of action for the next couple of days. And this is quite of a... I think, yeah, you're right. Looking at the profile, it could, could be an interesting stage. Yeah. Because how flat it is and then that climb in between, which is going to sort them out. And then this is where the action is going to start. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's... And, you know, teams and sprinters like Matthews, Sagan, they're starting to get antsy. Their, I was their, their ask opportunities you, are limited now. Well, I was going to ask you, knowing the profile for week two and week three, how itchy fit some of the teams are really willing to have a win before the rest day. Yeah, exactly. How important is this? Yeah, very important. And, like, and like, Sunweb, like Sunweb, me... like to not name them, Sunweb with Michael Matthews, how important is for Matthews to get a win before that yeah, rest day? Yeah, and, and so now I'll contradict myself <laughs> saying a break can survive. Uh-huh. There's every chance it won't because, because the of Sunwebs of the race will say, this is it, boys. This is potentially our last chance and we've got to, we've got to keep this together, you know, or Michael Matthews has got to go in the break or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one to watch. It's good a good one tactical one, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Certainly that, yeah, I, I just think the first hour or two will give us a lot because if the break's got 15 minutes at the base of that climb, I would think it'll survive to the finish. Yeah. But, gee, you never know. You yeah, really absolutely. Don't. absolutely. Um, any other news in the world of cycling? I'll start with something. Uh, mm. There's been a, an announcement in France, or not an announcement, but uh, the sponsors of Arkea Samsic, so Samsic, uh, yeah. one of the sponsors, they've said if anyone is charged on the Quintana allegation of doping at the Tour de France, if anyone is charged, Swanger, anyone from that team, Samsic is pulling out of the, of the whole team. That's relatively big. It's big. It's. I read this news a week ago, longer, okay. and I haven't seen anything since. Until what you've just said now, do you know where it's at no, at the moment? No, at all. No, at all. But I find that interesting that the sponsors is already preempting something. So I don't know. I don't know. They're they so- have to say that. I mean, it's sort of they're obligated to. Is that the right? They. Sh- they. You know, they need to be on the front foot as a sponsor, and and sort of immediately put their stance on it and they already have and yeah that's 
I don't know how big this is or how small this is. Well, the team is not huge. No, nah, but the but, story. But the story is, is it a, a bit. Yeah, but is it is it a, is it a real story or or is it or is it you know sort of trashy journalism? You know, going woohoo. We've got it. We've got another a drug story. We haven't had one for years well, in cycling. Do you know what? I, and I'm being honest here. I'm yeah, not no, trying no, no, no. to but brush I, it. But I'll be being honest as well. Is if he was anyone else, uh, that might not be a big story. But we're talking Quintana. Yeah, that is, yeah. is in that loop. We're not talking it's his about first year out of Movistar. Exactly. Uh, so th- th- there's probably a bit more to that story than what we think. Yeah. Well, let's hope not. Watch this space anyway. Yeah. Watch this space. Um, so. From controversy to controversy, <laughs> I've got another one <laughs> we for keep, you. We keep saying we're not a controversy podcast, no, but, no, but you we know keep what? finding them. The year of 2020, and actually before this year I decided on this, we need to call stuff out. Mm-hmm. Now, I spoke about this um, this women's team um, yes. a few days ago, yeah. and that there was um, payments were late, and they were suddenly calling on the bank guarantee. And if you haven't listened to it, go back three or four days, you'll find it. Uh, but there's another one here. And this story is actually about a year old, I remember. And then I just saw it this morning. The Dolcini Van Aksport, um Van Aksport team, the Belgian team. They've they've actually been out here raced in Australia. Cadell Evans race, uh, Tour Down Under. Mark Brack, I think he's a former rider. He is the director sportif. The UCI, the Ethics Commission, has found him guilty of a code of ethics breach of harassment and misconduct towards two riders, two women riders. Um, both of them, it's it's actually a little bit disturbing, I'll say it. Um, he's, and now he's been found guilty, so we can, we can I guess, talk about it a bit more in depth. I won't go into the details because mm-hmm, I just think no. it's a bit mm-hmm. average, but the women complained and come forward and said good on them. And I think it's... Look, as a, as a male that's been in a, a sport my whole life, I think it's up to myself and it's up to other men to actually stand up and call this stuff out. So, and as you mentioned before we came on air, what's good is five years ago, this would be brushed under the carpet. and By the UCI, be, not, not even by us or yeah, whatever. This whole story could have been just... By the team, by yeah. the UCI, by whatever. It's not anymore. So kudos to UCI. And now kudos to UCI for having an ethics commission. And it gives the women, not just the women, but the men as well. But in this case, it's two women who who absolutely felt it was their right and they and it was their right to, to complain and absolutely. put in a formal complaint. And we've seen a resolution from it. So now he has been found guilty and now he it, the, the disciplinary commission will hand down a, 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 a finding and, and, I mean, I imagine he's going to be banned or barred from yeah. the sport mm-hmm. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, altogether a bad news, but also a good news. I think, yeah, overall. and I think we should, yeah, we we shouldn't brush over it. We should, no, we absolutely. should p- put it front and centre. So, yeah. Anything else? Oh, jeez, I'll tell you what. We've got Paris Tour. We got, Paris Tour coming on, so on SBS Paris soon. Tour. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, great. So, Paris Tour, what's left of the season? Paris, I don't know. We've still got two weeks <laughs> of the Giro. Flanders. Flanders. Vuelta. Wevelgem, yeah, Touchwood, they're they're happening, and the Vuelta. But there's already riders that have have packed up their season, like we said, Pogacar finished yeah. for this season, so we are really at the tail end of it. We are at the tail end. Uh, I think that's yeah, it. Yeah. I think that's it. Cool. Thank you for joining us.
My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, let's go and um, let's get ready for tonight's stage. Absolutely. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, tomorrow, same place, same time. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.